Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. You say come to the Go ahead and grab your Bibles out today. We're going to be going through a number of different passages, and so be ready to just go with me through all of those different passages this morning, and uh, hopefully you'll get some exercise in finding different places of points of Scripture throughout. Today I'm going to begin a new series called Alphas, and uh, over the next few weeks I want to talk to you about being a dominant force in your world. How can you really step into the environment of your world and own that and and really live in a dominant manner. I believe that God has called all of us to to live above and not beneath. Amen? To to live beyond our circumstances and not be bound by our circumstances. And those are the kinds of things that we're going to be talking about over the next several weeks. And I want to take you first to Psalms chapter 8, verse 4. And this is what I'm going to use for our series text throughout. And it says this, it says, What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him... Here's the key verse, verse 6. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things, somebody say all things, all things under his feet. All things have been put under your feet. And so today, as we build foundation for the weeks to come, I want to start by preaching to you, recognizing, recognizing your domain. Would you help me pray this morning? Father, we invite you to walk into this room this morning. We invite Jesus Christ to invade this house today, your Holy Spirit, to help me to teach your word this morning, and that God, every heart, mind, and soul would be open to what you are speaking, Lord, into this place. I pray that lives will be challenged and touched this morning and changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. We ask that God, as we leave this place, we leave with knowledge, we leave with wisdom, we leave with new understanding that will help us to step into our world and be a dominant force in that world. We thank you, God, for all that you are and all that you do. And we thank you most of all for your presence in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That term, alpha, you've heard it uh, a, a lot. It's a, it's a cultural term that's used oftentimes. It relates to being that dominant one. And, and certainly in a wolf pack, you see it uh, more clearly in that kind of a social situation where there's an alpha male or alpha female in that group. And it is the primary leader of the pack. And you've seen that even in groups. I mean, there's always a group of people and there's always one person that's kind of like the ringleader. And he's the dominant one. You watch an old Western and it's always uh, always the, the cowboy who is leading leading the pack, you know, the John Wayne of the group who is always the one that's in charge and when nobody else knows what to do, they always look to him for the answers. The alpha. But God has called us to be that. God has called each and every one of us to step into that rightful place. They're the leader, they're not the follower. And I believe that the church needs some individuals to decide that they are going to be the leaders in their world and not the followers in their world. We need some leaders, amen? The world needs some leaders. I believe the church needs some people who will step up to the plate, 
who will quit standing on the sidelines of life and step into the fullness of their Christ-given position and power. They will own responsibility and they will take charge of their world. That's what God's looking for. That's what this world is crying for. That's what we need. We need leaders. I'm thankful that we have leaders in this church. I'm thankful that we have people that are leading their families people that are leading in their job environments, people that are leading in their homes, people that are leading in their community. We, we have a number of people that are working in, in key places around the community that are not only just working in those environments, but they are leading in those environments. They are walking into their places of, of position. They're walking into their places, their sphere of influence, and they are leading people in the ways and the, and the spirit of Christ Jesus in those places. I'm thankful that the world is starving for leaders. Amen to that. The world is in desperate need for leadership. The Bible says in Romans 8, 19, it says, For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. That term, sons of God, when you look at it and you study it out, it speaks of the leadership that has been given to you, it's a place of stature, it's a place of honor, it's a place of position with God that speaks of His authority and His power being invested into your life. And it says here in verse 19 of Romans 8 that the creation is waiting. It's waiting, it's starving, it's hungry, it's looking for someone who will step up and be that person. It needs leadership. Pastor, I'm not a leader. Oh, yes, you are. Oh, yes, you are. You're leading somebody. You're leading yourself. You're leading people that you're in relationship with. You may not be recognizing your leadership power. You may not be recognized the position that God has placed you in. But I'm telling you today that everybody in this room is leading somebody somewhere. And you might as well do that on purpose as just by accident. Let's let's claim what God has already given us. Let's take hold of the position that He has prepared for us and let's step into the fullness of what God has created us to be. Creation is waiting on you to be revealed this morning. We need some men and women who will be active in their world, who will be engaged in their world, who will direct their circumstance who will direct the activity of their lives, and who will direct the outcome of the world around them. This morning I'm going to give you four things this morning to just kind of set the tone for this new series. And so the first thing that I want you to take away is that God has given you that authority and that power to be a dominant force in your world. God has given you. God has given it to you. Say this with me. God has given me the authority and the power that I need to be a force in my world. That is the truth. That is a positive confession of a truth that we may not have stepped fully into yet. But it is the truth. God has granted every one of us in this place an opportunity and a privilege to be a dominant force in this world. So I say to you this morning, quit following and start leading. Don't just go with the crowd, but you step up and you be what God's called you to be. We need husbands and wives to lead their families. This is a situation and a season of the world's, in the world's history where we need 
husbands and wives to lead their families effectively in a relationship with Jesus Christ, to take authority over their homes and to make sure that the peace of God settles into their home and is the guiding force in their lives. We need men and women to lead their co-workers. We need people to go into their job arenas, the place that God has planted you, the the place that God has prepared for you, and to walk into those places with your head held high and make an impact on that environment. You can change the atmosphere of the place that you walk into. I believe that with all my heart. Not only can you, you should. When we walk into a room, it ought to make a difference in somebody's life. It ought to change the climate in the room. You have that power. We need students to lead their peers. You pastors say amen to that. Amen. They know. They're in the, they're in the, um, the trenches working with them. We need students to lead their peers. We need leaders who will pave the way, lead the way, and not just follow the crowd. Not just punch a time card and wait for your time to end so you can punch it out and go home, but to make a difference in the time that you have. God has given you the authority and the power to do that. Let me give you some scripture this morning. Turn with me to Revelations chapter 1. And I just want to build this foundation for you this morning so that you get this and it's something that we can build on for the weeks to come. But Revelations chapter 1 and verse 5, and it says this, And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth. Let me stop there and just say, He is the firstborn, but you are born after Him. You are born out of Him, and He was the first, but you have come and followed His his ways. And so when it speaks of the firstborn, it also speaks of you, because He is the first begotten of many begotten. He is the first to come of many who would follow, and we are those that follow Him. It says, To Him who loved us and washed us from our sins in His own blood. And it says this in verse 6, And He has made us kings and priests to His God and Father. To Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. He has made us. He has made you and He has made me to be kings and priests with Him to the Father. Now look at verse 8. It says this. It says, I am the Alpha. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the, not a, not an Almighty, He is the Almighty. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the first and the last. It starts with Him and it ends with Him. Listen, those of you that are concerned about where we're at in society and where we're headed in November and all this other stuff that's going on, regardless of your political position and the way you see it, you're worried one way or the other. Let me just give you this comfort this morning that it is God who rules with totality. All that is created. There is nothing that is out of His control. There is nothing that is beyond His reach. There is nothing that is catching Him off guard or by surprise. He is fully in control this morning. He is the ultimate Alpha God. Amen. And He has complete and total authority. But I want you to watch this with me this morning. Now, Luke chapter 10, verse 19. It says, Behold, I give you 
the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. The authority that Jesus Christ has, He has given it to each and every one of us. In Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4, it says, But God who is rich in mercy because of His great love which He, has lo- which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And verse 6, And He raised us up together and He made us to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. The passage says Christ made us alive together, and He made us to sit together in the heavenly places. He made us alive together, and He made us to sit in the heavenly places. You are made in the sense that you are created to, to live in and with Christ. You were made and created to sit with Him in heavenly place of authority and power. This is not what you can become, but this is what you have been created to be. This is not what you will eventually reach but and, a, and a strive to and, a, and climb to, but this is something that you are currently today. If you are His, then He has made you full of His authority and power. He has given it to you. And there is no reason on this earth why circumstance should beat us down and defeat us. There's no reason why our world should fall apart and crumble to the ground. There's no reason why we should lose our minds because we don't know what's going to happen. I've come to tell you today that there's a God sitting on the throne. He's not moved one inch and here sitting with Him in Christ Jesus this morning. Somebody say amen today. He made us. He made us. The second thing I want you to take away today is that God made you. He made you to be His sons and His daughters. He made you to be the leader. He made you to be the alpha and not the follower. And when you are seated in the heavenly place in Christ Jesus, you need to understand that there is a powerful truth that accompanies that. And it is this, that everything that is in Christ is also in you. And everything that can be done through Christ can be done through you. Look at it again in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 7. It says that in the ages to come, He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. It says that in the ages, not the age to come, but in the ages to come, everything following Christ's death, burial, and resurrection starts that point of the ages to come. And so it began with His resurrection. And Jesus, and it will end with Jesus throughout eternity. He's not talking about just later in heaven. He's talking about right now that you have the power to walk in His grace. He says He might show you the riches of His grace toward us in Christ Jesus. I love that word when you look it up, toward. It not only means aimed in our direction. He has not given us grace just aimed in our direction. But it means His grace has been placed upon us. His grace has been placed over us and above us. His grace is walking among us and chasing after us. It is behind us, it is before us, and it is about us. 
It is His grace that is in us and coming through us. It consumes every aspect of your life. It goes before you. It stays behind you. It surrounds you. It is, you are slathered in God's grace this morning. Grace surrounds you and resides in you. You have the power and the grace now to be all that God says you are. And He says you are His son and you are His daughter. He says that you are what His son is. And that is a full heir of the promises of God. Full of power, full of authority. Romans 6.4 says that we were raised with Christ Jesus to walk in a newness of life. How many of you are ready for some new stuff this morning? Some, some newness of life, some new direction. I, I've been living this same way for the last 10 years and I'm ready for some fresh stuff to happen in me. I'm ready for some new things to take place. I'm tired of seeing the same old, same old every day in and day out. I'm ready for some newness of life. And he says, look, I have risen from the dead. You've rose with me in Christ Jesus and I'm telling you I did it to give you newness of life. Now just go walk in it. Just begin to claim it. Just begin to step out in it. Just begin to embrace that as a normal in your life and just take hold of what I have for you. I'm saying to everybody in the room this morning, you've got to walk in it. You've got to walk in it. You've got to start stepping toward your destiny. You've got to start stepping toward owning your environment and owning your world. Talk to your circumstances. Speak to your journey. Command your environment. That's your God-given right to do that. The Word of God tells us in Revelations 1.8 that God made you, in verse 6, made you to be a king. A king is a master of the physical world. God has made you to master your physical world. And it goes on to say that He made you also to be a priest. A priest is a master of the spiritual world. He made you to have dominion in both places. Master of the spiritual and master of the physical. You don't have to just wait to heaven for your life to count and to matter and things to be right. You can start walking in that today and right now. You walk in dominion in both places. You walk in dominion in both places. Genesis 13, 17. I'm preaching from Genesis to Revelations this morning. I hope that's all right. (laughs) And a few places in between. Genesis chapter 13, verse 17, this is what God told Abraham. When when he brought him in and made a covenant with him, he says, Now arise and walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. The same thing that he told Abraham is the same thing he's saying to each and every one of us today. I have made you to own the land that you're living in. Now walk in it, embrace it, and you, it has been given to you. Now get out there. So get out there and walk in it. Walk through it like you own it. Pastor, how does that relate to me in a practical way? When you go into your office, don't walk in there timid. You walk in there like God has sent you there because He has. And you walk into that place, I'm not talking about arrogance, but I'm talking about confidence. I'm talking about godly confidence. You walk in there like you own that place. You're not without the resources that you need to do everything that needs to be done right there where you've been planted by God. He has fully equipped you for the season of your life. Did you hear that this morning? 
Some of you feel inept. Some of you feel like you're inadequate to do deal with what you're dealing with right now. But I've come to tell you this morning that God has fully equipped you to deal with whatever you're facing in your life right now. You have the resources you need to deal with whatever circumstance is before you. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm not saying that it's going to just go smoothly. But I'm saying to you that within you is Christ Jesus and within Him is everything you need to defeat whatever is before you today. There is no mountain too big that cannot be defeated by the Jesus that lives inside your life. So let me give you just a few practical things this morning. First of all, recognize what God has given you. You've got to recognize what God has given you. It's good for all of us to take a moment and to really take stock of our lives. What has God given me? What relationships has He given me? What means of resource has God put into my hands? Where has God given me talents and abilities? Where has God given me extra energy? Where has God given me passion? Where is God motivating me and driving me? Where is God really trying to work in my life? We would call that finding the activity of God. Where is God active in my life? Because that's where I want to be involved in. Because wherever He is, is where the power is. That's where the peace is. That's where the strength is. That's where the extra anointing is. That's where everything is in my life that I need currently. So where is the activity of God and how can I connect with that? We have to recognize what God has given us. Recognize what you have right in front of you right now. And not... You know, I'm not talking about the things that are difficult to find. I'm just talking about the things that you can just really count quickly. Because all of us have blessings. All of us have things that that are great in our lives. But so many times we focus on the things we don't have or focus on the things that are going wrong and we don't take a moment and just count our blessings and be thankful for where we are and what God has given us currently. I can get aggravated at, at an individual who is wreaking havoc in my life and ignore the ten great friends that I have that are bringing me countless joy. Amen? Forget about that knothead and focus on the people that are a blessing in your life. So what have you been blessed with? What privileges do you have that are right in front of you right now? What opportunities are being presented to you Right now, because there are some. And you've got to look for those and recognize them. Recognize what God has already given you. It is a trap of the enemy to ignore what you have and focus on what you don't have. It is him trying to get you to forfeit your peace and your joy and your hope and your passion, and all the things that you need to be effective in life, it's the enemy trying to talk you out of those things and say, look, man, if you just had this, if this was just working better in your life, or if you wasn't dealing with this sickness, or this ailment, or this issue, or if you just had a little more money, or if you just had... What do you have? Give God thanks for that. If you will take, if you will take what you do have and cultivate it, if you'll take what you have and grow it, if you will take what you have and exercise dominion and power over it, then it will become what you currently do not have. It will be multiplied and blessed in your hands and you will see tremendous things come because you have taken what you have 
and you've cultivated it and you've grown it. You and only you. Here's the kicker. You and only you can command growth and multiplication on what the master has entrusted you with. Mama can't do it for you. Only you can command the growth and multiplication on what God has put into your hands. You think about the parable of the talents. The story of the three men, the master goes away and he brings his three best guys in and he says, okay, I'm going to leave you five talents, I'm going to leave this other guy two and I'm going to leave you one. When I come back, I want to see a return on my investment in your lives and I want to see what you can produce with what I've given you. It's the same kind of concept. Two men take the gift that God has given them and they cultivate it and they grow it. One man decides he's better off hiding it. It is a picture of people in the church that God has entrusted them with gifts and talents and abilities and some of them will take it and they will cultivate it and they will grow it. They will exercise dominion over it and they will make it to multiply. Others will take what God has given them and they, because of fear, because of fear of failure, because of inadequacies, insecurities, you li- the list goes on, you name it, they hide it and they refuse to do anything with it. That one guy can't expect the other two to make his gift multiply. It's been entrusted to him. He's the only one that commands the growth and multiplication on a farmer. You look at an illustration of a farmer. A farmer has a crop. Why? Because he takes what he has and he exercises dominion and authority over it. Seed and ground are not enough to produce. Seed and ground, I got a nice piece of ground, I got a bag of seed. That's not going to do anything. It takes the farmer taking the seed, cultivating the ground, planting the seed in the ground to see a crop come forward. We have a lot of resources, but if we don't put our hands to those resources and ask God to help us and partner with us to make them produce, nothing happens as a result. So recognize this morning what God has given you. Take stock of what you have already in your hands to work with. Your miracle of multiplication is tied to your exercising of authority. Your miracle of multiplication. I need God to multiply my health. I need God to multiply my finances. I need God to fix my marriage. I need God to straighten out some relationships. I need God to do this. I need God to do... What do you need God to do? It is tied to your exercising of authority. Take authority, step into that arena, and own that place. You are blessed this morning. I said you are blessed this morning. Not going to be blessed, not could be blessed. You are blessed. If you are here this morning in this place, you are able to get here, you are blessed. And so you are blessed to count your blessings and to cultivate those blessings into increase. The last thing I want to give you this morning is this, that you need to recognize that He trusts you. Recognize that God trusts you. Some of you have a hard time hearing that. And I feel that as I'm preaching this morning that... Man, I just have a hard time hearing that. So would you just turn to your neighbor and say, God trusts you.
Make them believe that. Will you help me out this morning? God trusts you. God trusts you. He believes in you. And the story of the talents, think about that story again. The master trusted three guys. The problem is that one guy couldn't trust himself. The master trusted three guys, but one guy couldn't trust himself. He didn't have confidence in himself. He didn't believe in himself. He didn't believe he had the resources to make it count. The other two believed that if the master thought they were worthy, then they must be. He thinks you're worthy this morning. He thinks you matter this morning. He trusts you. The other guy just kept tripping over himself and his own self-doubt. God trusts you. So trust yourself. The God of eternity and the entire universe trusts you. If He trusts you, He's pretty credible. And so if He trusts you, then you ought to trust yourself. If He believes in you, believe in yourself. He has not given anybody in this room more than they are capable of. He's not given you more than you are capable of. So the new promotion that you have been offered at work is not bigger than you. It's not greater than you. It has been prepared just for you. And so step into it and own it. The the current position that you're in is not bigger than you. What you're currently involved in, where you feel like you're sinking, listen, change your perspective, change your perception. Step into that place with authority and power and own that. You have the capacity. You have the capacity. And I'm telling you from my own experience in my own life, it works. God will help you. I have been placed in situations that are much bigger than me. Things that I knew that if they found out that I was inept as I was in that current situation, that I would be in trouble. And I would lose my position or lose my job. And I step into that place and I'm saying, God, you got to show up here. you got to help me. you got to make me more than what I currently am. And before long, I start to understand things that I couldn't understand in the beginning. I start to see things differently and I start to get it. And it starts to happen in my life and it will happen for you too. It's not bigger than you. You have the greatest capacity in Christ Jesus. There is, he is limitless. Therefore, you have access to limitless resources. The work environment that you find yourself is not greater than you. Pastor, if you just knew what I walked into, not that I'm not able to do my job or do the task of my job, but the environment itself is just horrendous. I hear it all the time. I know. I walk into workplaces and I'm thinking, dear God, I'd fire every one of these people in here. It's not bigger than you. You may be the only one living for God in that arena, but it don't have to stay that way. And you can make a positive impact on your environment and you can start to change it, but you've got to walk into that place like you own that place. Like God has given that into your hands. He has given it into your hands. You are not the weakling in the room. The current challenge you are facing is not more powerful than you. 
God made you to be the dominant force in your world. You are the master of your domain. He trusts you. He believes in you. He is with you. And He is for you. And if God is for you, then who or what could ever really be against you? We hope you have enjoyed and been encouraged by this message. We'd love for you to join us at the river on Sunday mornings at 9.45 for Sunday school and at 10.30 for morning worship. We also provide our midweek service for all ages on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you'd like to support the various ministries at the river, please go to our giving tab. We'd love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street in Burkrenet, Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us at the river.